when life gives you lemons, maybe sometimes give them back. <laughs> Is that a bad tagline? I don't think that's a good, not the minor. Okay, great. Yep. <laughs> don't call me a home wrecker unless I'm behind the wheel after a few tequilas. <laughs> I'm going to hell. <laughs> You guys, it's <laughs> these girls. Listen, we're not. We're we're just we're just riding a wild day. It's did I say it's Andy's girls? It is, in fact, Andy's girls. It's episode. I don't know. Okay, Shannon has been to jail. Things are happening. She's been traveling. She's been to prison. <laughs> oh my God! Wait, <laughs> Vicky. I know we'll get to it, but like Vicky put up a promotional post for Trace Amigas. <laughs> Wait, how do you say four in Spanish? Cuatro. Cuatro Amigas taking what house do you five? I have Cinco. A, right. Okay. Leave me alone. I took no, French. You're, you're good. I you're good. French for like you're good. Six years. And I'm terrible at it. Listen, you guys, it's Andy's girls. And there are Trace Amigas. There are Quattro Amigas. And tonight there will be what was it? Cinco. Cinco Amigas. Because a certain guest co-host, also known as my Bravo Bestie, is back. And he was potentially the last Bravo podcaster. <laughs> To interact with with sweet sweet Chan days before the day, also known as Saturday, that took place and changed history forevermore. Listen, we'll get to it, but first off, I need to introduce this guest. No stranger to listeners of his pod. Obviously, he's quite literally not a stranger there, or to AGs, or to mention AGs, which is a fun little cross. AG mentioners, AG MIA. To those who are AG MIA listening to both of our podcasts, thank you so much. You are home here today. And as you can tell by this introduction, this episode's going to be fucking nuts. So, welcome back, Director of Social for Entertainment at Betches Media, host of the amazing podcast, Mention It All, creator of Bravo by Betches, and the force, the star, the beam of light who bartended at Watch What Happens with Trace Amigas, a day we knew was important, and now even more so. <laughs> Sweet baby Dill, Dylan Hafer, how are we tonight? Uh, I'm, I'm well, nothing to report. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. Um, yeah, so I was in the room where it happened last week um, with the Trace Amigas. I, I was in person, Mm. watching as Vicky was told about her Wifetime Achievement Award <laughs> and got a, a little bit emotion. She really did. Everybody's she, processing it. Like she it's really, a fucking... It's funny because after... So when you bartend on Watch What Happens Live, they're like, okay, so you go out, you do the taping, it's straight through, you stay out there the whole time for the after show, during the commercials, whatever. And then you come back through the door and they're like, we'll take photos and then you can go. So oh, like photos you, after. Photos after. They they did other like content and stuff before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I got my photo with the three of them after the show. Important. Um so we're like coming off the stage, Shannon has confetti all in her because they had the game after they announced the lifetime achievement award <laughs> i have to say it as many times as possible it's um, they had the the gay shark gay come shark. out with like two like basically like big like a water bottle si like nalgene bottle size full of confetti oh and God. just kind of like like threw them in the air 
And then we proceeded to do the after show and there was all of this confetti in Shannon's hair and like on the tip of her fake eyelash, like this big clump of confetti. If you go watch the after show, you can, I'm sure you can see it. And nobody, nobody said anything until we get off the set to go take the pictures. And she's like, I, I, nobody, nobody told me I, I had confetti. And, you know, so that's happening. I see Vicky. I'm like, congratulations. Thank you. And, and Tamara is telling her, she's like, she's like, you need to, you need to write a speech and you need to get, get a dress and figure out what you're going to wear. And you need, you know, confetti and balloons. And, and Vicky's like, "Uh uh-huh. And will you help me with all of that? And Tamara's like, you know, I will. And it was like, it was like truly very sweet a moment and like that obviously we saw vicky be uh, emotional on the show about right. it but like it was that was 100% real and <sighs> and then we took a photo together and adeline was there and oh yeah it was sweet adeline i i almost got into adeline's car um, oh. on the way home well cuz i i walk up to them and I'm, i go dylan and he's like yeah he's like adeline and i'm like oh no that's not i see the name on the screen i'm like that is <laughs> Shannon Bador's daughter. <laughs> Wait, did they get you a car? Yeah. Oh my god, that is a moment. I know. I'm like, I wish I, I li- wish I lived further away. It would have felt more luxurious. Yeah, you're sort of right around the corner. Sort of. Co- sort actually not not super, really, um, but um, like kind of. It's fine. <laughs> I live in undisclosed New York <laughs> <That's right>. State. <laughs> Address, apartment number, everything else. Here's we- the thing about the Vicky thing, uh, the Vicky of it all. Though, what is it? The Wifetime Achievement Thank Award. Thank you so much. It's a great name. It's a great name and a great moment. And I love that she's emotional about it. I love that everyone is like crying about it and cheering her and celebrating her because I genuinely think that's like genuinely lovely to see. And listen, as she knows, as she makes Andy aware, including during that episode, she is currently a friend of. But it's important to acknowledge that like she's doing very well as a friend of. And I think she's she understands now potentially that like she might still make it a joke and she still probably believes aspects of it but like it's she's doing her best work right now as a friend of like you don't need to feel lesser than because you're not full time like there are some friends of who are doing incredible work and I just I love that she's getting this award I think it's going to be genuinely magical and I also am concerned for her because I think she thinks this is going to be like a little bit of the Emmys and little does she know that the next award is probably gonna be like best job shitting on a carpet. You know what I'm saying? Like to Ramona, and Sonia, you know, like I'm concerned that she, but you know, it's, there was a, um, there was like a behind the scenes of MTV, the, the, movie, VMAs. the movie awards oh, okay. that came out many, many years ago. And it was talking about Ron Howard's brother clint howard did i make that up i think it's clint who got a lifetime achievement award at the movie movie awards whatever the fuck and it was supposed to be like a sort of light kind of joke and he took it incredibly not seriously but he was so genuine in his thanks and acknowledgement that it became a moment that it wasn't necessarily intended to be it was like this lovely meaningful moment for him and his family and for many people watching and for vicky i think she is going to have her clint apologies if that's not your first name howard award recipient moment in November. Oh, yeah. I think um, among, obviously, there are people who have a lot of varying feelings about Vicky Gunvalson. She's a complicated person. And But I think among, among that kind of 
core Bravo audience that tends to attend BravoCon, the, you know, middle-aged or older wealthy white women, I think Vicky is still just as iconic as she always has been. And I think she will feel the love in that room. And I think she's playing to her audience. She's playing to her audience. And I think, and that's, I, I have seen a few people kind of being like, why are we rewarding this lady? Like somebody who is, you know, complicated, complicated has made, you know, statements that we don't all agree with those types of things. And it's like, cause it's the fucking housewives awards. Like, cause it's not, we're not nominating her for a congressional seat. She's not on any circuit court. Like it's the, we're we're giving her the damn OG of the OC award. Like, and she is for many reasons the reason why Housewives took off in the way it did. I mean, she is. I mean, we know it, and it is said as like a little bit of an LOL. But like, there is something to say for the fact that she's the OG of the OC. Like, yeah. we should not take that history away from her. I think the the question for me comes so with this idea of the lifetime achievement award. <laughs> If this becomes a thing, you know, if there's this like... Oh, she will riot if there's another one. But someone else gets one like next year. But that's what I'm thinking. Like, I assume that this is, you know, it's like a hall of fame that you're being inducted into essentially is if they if they treat it like that, it is within a few years going to bring up some questions of like, are we inducting Nini? Because like we better fucking be. But also and I mean, Bethany. Yeah, there's there's there are, you know at least a couple probably more people that are uh you know kind of you can't leave them out of that conversation of you know if you want to say like putting housewives on the map but there some of those people have complicated relationships with bravo and i think they uh probably should be thinking about that if they're not already that it's like if we're creating something it, we don't want to paint ourselves into a corner of like it's going to look real sus if you don't, if you're acknowledging like the half dozen most iconic housewives, like Nini needs to be one of them. Well, that's sort of the upside of having this as a little bit of an LOL, because you could yeah. quite literally give someone the award for best shitting on a rug and it be clear as day. The person who should get this is like anybody who was in Cartagena and also every other place Ramona has ever traveled in the entirety of her life. And that will make sense for that. And then you can kind of mix it. I don't think anybody, this is the thing is like, we don't take it seriously, but then for some stuff, we take it very seriously. Yeah. And I think they might think that it's not that serious, but some people on, you know, social media and stuff might have other feelings. If, whatever. <laughs> well, speaking of feelings of maybe not whatever, but I don't know what the next word should be. How did Shannon, my queen, my injured bird, who we will talk about now how did she seem at watch what happens she seemed fine you know she seemed normal yeah she was i think like in that trace amigas environment like they are very um into the like idea of the trace amigas now that it's a business that they're doing these live shows yeah it's kind of like they're making it more of a thing than it ever was before yes and I, you know, to me, that has kind of like, I'm not sure how much mileage we're actually getting out of that. Because I think if it was, we're in this era where it's like, the Countess Cabaret was successful and novel. And there's been, you know, various other, you know, Sonia in your city and Giselle and Robin and Candace's concerts and Erica's Vegas residency. And it does feel a little bit like saturated. 
Yeah, and not necessarily saturated in the way that it's like, oh, like there's no market for this, mm-hmm. but that it doesn't feel special or mm-hmm. like new in any way. And so I think like in terms of if we're talking about next season on the show, I'm like, I don't need to see like the Trace Amigas Cabaret as a storyline. Like oh if my they, God, that would be tough. I'm like, if they want to go do it on their own, they absolutely should. Like I am I am very much in favor of all of these people figuring out how to monetize and extend and you know make it work for themselves but it's like yeah i don't need to see like vicky and shannon in rehearsals <laughs> and so vicky speaking of that did attempt to post something promoting either them <clears throat> being trace amigos or the actual tour which she has since removed from her stories um she got i think dragged relatively um forcefully for that and it gets into the heart of like what happens when your characterization, their characterization of themselves as a cheery duo or trio rather, LOL, is built around funny things that have happened when consuming a copious amount of alcohol. And then one of those three is arrested for a DUI. Yeah. I mean, on Watch What Happens Live, when I was there last week, the one of the games that they played with them was a literal drinking game where there was a tray of tequila shots brought out. And it was like, if you didn't answer a question, the other two had to take a shot. And so like, it wasn't just like, oh, like, you know, there are cocktails being had during this taping. It's like, literally, we're playing drinking games with <laughs> with them. And yeah, I mean, I know Jeff Lewis made some comments about that she was, it was unclear to me whether he said she was like recovering from an injury or whether she was like recovering from being, <sighs> having a drinking problem. Uh, but he used the word recovering. And I'm like, what, what What are we recovering from? All right. Well, let's get to those updates because I have a couple. First off, I recorded an emergency episode essentially right after I heard the news in bed icing my back. As one does. Um, as one does. Her Shannon's lawyer put out a statement following that episode um, saying, I spent quite a bit of time with Shannon yesterday. She is extremely apologetic and remorseful. We will be awaiting the official information on this case as it becomes available, and Shannon is prepared to accept full responsibility for her actions, which is a statement that her attorney, Michael Fell, told TMZ um, today. We're recording this Monday night. I do love the phrasing of her lawyer the day after she's arrested saying, I spent quite a bit of time with Shannon today. It's like... Well, she was... Yeah, you weren't like... (laughs) You weren't like hanging out at... at lunch like yeah. you were like making calls and filling out paperwork on her behalf <laughs> yeah i mean and is this the same lawyer who we recommended for gina like i don't even know i don't think gina got the grade a yeah she might have gotten me she might have gotten me um so radar reported that um allegedly shannon is pleading with friends not to discuss what occurred um mm-hmm. bcc I guess not Jeff. (laughs) Um, She broke her arm reportedly is what she's telling friends and also said that this happened when she was driving to or from a restaurant to retrieve a phone she had forgotten with Archie in tow when the accident happened. And then that um, article went on to say that she was like completely fucked up. Like she was like that my language. But like when this happened and someone called 911 after she um, spoiler alert, drove into another person's house that um, it did not appear that she was entirely sober. As as we all seemingly now know at this point, she drove into a house, got out of her car. She was with Archie and then tried to walk down the street as if to look like a woman just walking her dog. 
Do we know? <laughs> do we have a timestamp on this? Like, what time of the evening? The scary thing is, like, I wonder if it wasn't terribly late. Like, it could have been like midnight, one a.m. Because if she's driving to a restaurant that's still open. I assume it's not at four or five in the morning if we are going by the narrative. Right. I more to, mean like the share. idea that she would think that it would be plausible <laughs> to be a lady walking her dog. It's like that says to me like, I don't know, 9 p.m. <laughs> you know what? I don't think Shannon was thinking as fully as we would hope she Archie, would at Archie, this come moment. On. Archie, Archie, come on. Poor Archie is like aiding and abetting her literal misdemeanor crimes. Um, So you mentioned Jeff Lewis. He went on the radio today. Now, I am a chump. I'm a Jeff Lewis listener. So I knew she was on the schedule. For a life. chump. That's the name. Oh, is that what he calls his listeners? <laughs> Wait, it's like nuts when you like. I've I've thought of the word chump with such endearment for so long. It's like now I'm hearing it as it comes out of my mouth. So what happened was, so Jeff got into a whole back and forth. I'm like, yeah, you are. And it connects back to Shannon because Jeff got into a whole back and forth with David Bador about comments that Jeff had made on the radio about David and because he's friends with Shannon. So David Bador in a text, I think it was a text, called him a chump. So from that moment on, Jeff was like the community of JLL listeners are chumps and it is a badge that many of us wear. Okay, thank you. This is helpful context. Um, You know, I do my best. So Shan was on the schedule for Friday. So Jeff, the, the word came out, this news broke late this morning. Jeff live radio show came on the radio an hour or two later and said, you know, first off, she's not going to be here on Friday. And he had some news. He said, I'm happy to say that she is going gonna be entering counseling this week. So I'm happy about that. Which P.S. counseling, not treatment. Let's. Yes. Counseling counseling can mean almost anything. Quite literally, I could see counseling at Bergdorf Goodman if I'm having a bad day. You know, like I'm guessing she's not doing that, but it could it could be with whomever about whatever. So yes. great, great that the, better than nothing. Although one mm-hmm. would assume she's also being advised for things that can improve her health and awareness and accountability, and also um, you know recourse from the court. Yeah, hopefully it's not like John Jansen counseling her with a margarita. Well, we'll get to that. Um, So he said that Shannon called him after the incident and said she is accepting full accountability, is ashamed, embarrassed. He said, because he he wanted to share his perspective, he said, I don't think Shannon is an alcoholic. I think as her close friend, I think she's going through a lot of personal struggles right now. And I think that she probably has been leaning on alcohol, but I don't believe she's an alcoholic. He confirmed that she was in a car accident, is the quote unquote term he used, and Mm -hmm. got injured, but nobody else got hurt. I assume that includes our sweet, sweet prince, Archie Bedore. Um, He didn't confirm anything about her clipping into a house. And he said he was shocked when he found out because he had never known Shannon to ever, ever drink and drive. He said, I'm not justifying it. I'm not condoning it. I just am telling you what I know. He said she would obviously not be making her schedule appearance with Taylor on his show on Friday. And he had the other part of this as a chump is that I knew... (laughs) Because I track her movements, uh-huh. um, that she had gone out to drink with to celebrate rather, but also including drinking 
stew, um, chef stew, who is Jeff Lewis's on again, off again, boyfriend, his birthday, which was this past week. So I was like, oh my God, let it not be the night that she was like being a chump. And then (laughs) a different kind. And it wasn't. So she had gone out for Stu's birthday with Jeff and Taylor and I think John Jansen and Taylor's husband on Friday. This happened late, late Saturday night, I think around 1am, but that could be completely wrong. Um, There was a different going to drinks for birthday with like the group chumps that she was invited to and did not attend and sort of should have gone to that I mean, well, Jeff makes a huge, huge point on the show of always talking about the fact that he takes Ubers everywhere because of, well, parking, but also because, (laughs) (laughs) but because he, he is really, really stringent and strict as most people are about not wanting to put their lives or the lives of anybody else in jeopardy through drinking and driving. I mean, it's like, we're all like, having a little bit of sass about this. And I think a part of that is because it does appear nobody got seriously injured, but you can't fucking drink and drive. I mean, it's 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 a really unfortunate decision that Shannon made, regardless of whether or not she has a history of making it, which is also, you know, a, a big regardless. Yeah, I think it's, it's the kind of thing where I think for the most part, for most people, the seriousness of it is understood Understood. it's understood yeah and that it's like you know it's 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 never a bad thing to remind everyone that you shouldn't drink and drive but also it's like shannon pretending to be a woman taking a walk with her dog is like objectively kind of funny um i do want to know i would love to hear and i wonder if at some point we'll get the perspective of the person whose house was quote clipped oh my god um what if it's somebody with housewives potential what if what if it's Bronwyn? This is, not, <laughs> this is not how you want to become a friend of. What if it is uh what if it is Peggy Thanos? Anything who, is possible. Anyone's whoever lives in Newport Beach and had some some you know brickwork messed up on their home on Saturday night. Please get in touch. Please speak to TMZ. <laughs> Please slide to, into somebody's DMs. Um, I, you know, in my obviously, you know, enormous amount of research that I did on this in the last 20 minutes, um, I read a Us Magazine piece that quoted, I guess, their own quote from an interview that Gina had given to us earlier in the month where she was calling out Shannon's alleged reliance on alcohol, saying it was a huge problem. Gina said, I don't care if Shannon wants to say she has a problem with alcohol or not. I'm not here to judge anybody or diagnose anybody, but that and her drinking is a problem. But that and her drinking is a problem for everybody else. And you would think that somebody would want to take um, at least that part of it. Take a look at at least that part of it. Um, So, you know, Gina, who obviously had herself a DUI, um, and has had a, a lot of upset toward Shannon's repeated remembrance of it and Shannon's own role in that has been a big part of this season. Shannon's drinking, too, has been a topic of conversation amongst the cast, as it is seemingly every season since she joined, to some extent, either by punitive nature or because people are coming from a place of concern or trying to explain to her that she made a phone call, you know, every night for the past uh, the past week. <sighs> Plus, it's it's been a topic for Shannon and I think the use of counseling and maybe it was just a one-off comment, like the the use of the term counseling, but I don't think it was. Yeah, I'm 
I would imagine for because Jeff said that, right? Yeah. I would imagine and that he said he spoke to her for a while. Right. Like I would imagine counseling is not a term that Jeff Lewis came up with. Like mm-hmm. that that was probably how Shannon described it. And who knows whether she told him more details of what that actually means. But yeah, I mean, I think also a big part of the, a big part of why people were so reactive to this today was because of the Gina thing. And because this has been something that has been a topic of conversation on the season that's currently airing. And so it feels not only like, you know, news because it's a longtime housewife getting arrested for something, but because it's it feels directly relevant to an ongoing storyline and an ongoing cast dynamic. And, you know, I I think a lot of people were kind of um, today disappointed that this was happening so shortly after the reunion was filmed for this season, because you have to imagine, I mean, you just read those quotes from Gina in the last few weeks we know Gina has thoughts like whether or not she's, you know, gloating or, you know, going to have a change of heart and be supportive of Shannon or, you know, whatever it is. It's like, this would be something that would be really interesting to hear discussed. And now seemingly we will probably have to wait a while. Yeah. Bravo confirmed that they have not picked up cameras, which I thought was like kind of a burn that we didn't need today for us Shan stands. And they were like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, the show is not in production. It's like, yeah, we know that. We weren't really suggesting that they would. Yeah. I mean, some people were suggesting that they would. Also, it, it is the kind of thing where I think in I think the like picking back up cameras and like filming for X development mm. i do think that's probably best used sparingly to a yeah. degree it's yeah. like for scandal it made sense for, yeah. for kyle and mauricio definitely we'll see but like yeah i think it will i i do think it is the kind of thing where it's like yeah like stuff happens when they're not filming and then part of what makes the next season interesting is catching up on what happened since we were last filming like there's a reason these shows aren't in production 12 months out of the year yeah i'm assuming that they're going to do some sort of title card or not lower third but like some sort of something that's like two weeks after this three weeks after the reunion was filmed shannon uh was arrested for alleged yada yada which is alleged dui with alcohol and hit and run hit and walk (sighs) hit and walk the dog clip and clip and dip hopefully archie is okay we haven't heard anything i assume he is well my sweet my sweet prince just sweet archie bador hashtag (laughs) <laughs> I mean, like, I hope he's okay. Would we even know if he wasn't? I believe we would. I think he talks in his language and we interpret it in ours and we meet somewhere in the middle. He's very, he's a very emotionally connected mm-hmm. um, person. Well, animal. <laughs> person. <laughs> I I do think also, you know, talking about this season and everything that's been happening with OC, I think this news probably hits a little harder because OC is the best it's been in a oh, long time. God. And people are, people want to talk about Orange County. And I think for the last few seasons, at least, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, I guess people watch it. Yeah, it is what it is. Like, whatever. It's been on so long. Like, you kind of just, it's a f- force of habit at this point. But like, mm. All of a sudden, like this season again, OC is like a, you know, prime rib of a talking point. And it's like, okay, this is like, this is a a big development to something that I already am pretty invested in. Yeah. And so, you know, considering where OC was a couple of years ago, it's like, 
we've come a long way because I think in, you know, in 2021, if Shannon got a DUI, it would have been kind of like footnotey. Like it wouldn't have felt, I mean, for for you, of course, it would have been. It would have been everything. Everything would have torn me apart regardless. But I, I just think there wouldn't have really been kind of this like air of interest in addition to the the basic news itself. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, what do you got to say? You know, like, what is there to say about Shan? I found out this news. It was today was a very busy day. And um, I was overwhelmed by the number of messages and comments that I received from people saying, I thought of you first. And what does it mean for me to be thought of first when Shannon Medore drives herself into a house? I don't quite know. But it was also meaningful in the sense that like I really do love Shan and I think I understand aspects of Shan. I I really genuinely think that I do. I understand aspects of the Shannon that we watch on TV and my interpretation of her as a more fully present person, assuming that that exists aside from the Shannon that we see on TV. And this is the thing about Shan is that it hasn't come up, even though I quite literally was reading in a, in a beautiful way. I mean, the way I absolutely skipped a couple words every three lines in Gina's statement was from a place of godliness. But um, I think, you know, the thing with Shannon and the thing with drinking and the thing with Shannon and John and concerns about Shannon's concerns about John and concerns about how Shannon's drinking impacts the talking about Shannon's concerns about John, I think they're all connected. And I think that if John wasn't there, something would be in his stead. But he is there right now. They broke up after filming. They're now sort of casually dating each other. He was with her at Jeff's event, I believe, on Friday night. It's it's tough to talk about this because Shannon doesn't want to approach even the things she herself has told other people in the cast about John. So to think that she is going to have an interest in being potentially more fully aware about her, you know, lifestyle with alcohol is a difficult one, especially when surely she is going to be frantically seemingly maybe trying to convince people that this is not a problem. As Jeff was explaining, you know, it's it's not, she's not, uh, she doesn't, applying the term alcoholic is not the term to use. She's just using alcohol mm. as a way to handle difficult moments in her life, which if you're using alcohol consistently to handle difficult moments in your life, that's not on me or anybody else, including Jeff, who made a point of saying he did not want to do that. But it's not up to anyone but potentially Shannon to de- determine when that rises to the point of examination. Like, is all, all of this stuff that Shannon does, is it just like isolated crises after isolated crises after isolated crises after I- isolated crises when the behavior is relatively consistent with this ingredient? Right. Like if we've watched if we've watched nine years of you kind of going through it every season, like at what point is this the exception to the rule? Yeah, I think um, I recorded with Ryan Bailey, our mutual friend and fellow podcaster. Shout out Ryan Bailey. Um, earlier today, and we were talking about this, and he compared it to Dorinda 
some How of, could you not? Some I'm of her trying not to, but Rony seasons. Not? But I think it was one of those things where the the last season, I believe it was that she was on the show, we were getting kind of, you know, this topic was being brought up and it was like, well, you know, I've been going through a lot, you know, like the house flooded and then I was doing the renovations and then, you know, John and I broke up and then it was all this other stuff. And it's like, that's fine. That's real. It's not that those things don't have you know, impact on behavior and mental state and all this stuff. But it's like, at the end of the day, it's kind of neither here nor there. Like you, you have to find a way to be good, even when there is stuff going on. And, you know, like you were saying, it's not, it's not a thing of like, well, I know for a fact that this person has this alcohol problem, but it's like, you know, we we all see stuff. And if enough people are coming to the same conclusion based on nine years worth of material, it's like, it is, it's, it's tough. And I, I, all I want is for everybody to be doing well. And it, it seems like some, somebody's not. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorinda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Paris is always a good idea. And when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic, c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luanne? <laughs> and while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? 
There's a speech recognition filter, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options, and it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off, a steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today. I just came back from the salon and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Whey. Whey's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time (laughs) with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T H E. O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Roe. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Roe Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. 
With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash Girls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash Girls. Sign up today. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDYSGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. Well, the, the, the difficulty is when a person is trying to convince you that they are well, when there are a number of examples that they are not, which does not need to be a conversation around drinking, but drinking is probably going to be a part of the conversation. And the trend of it all is complicated because she tried to like dysregulate any aspect of talking about Dorinda and discussing her problems with rage or her use of rage or the ways that her anger has come into focus in a way that is concerning. She wouldn't, she refused to acknowledge it, wouldn't understand it, go near it, fought it all the way, which one could argue is one of the reasons she was put on pause. And, you know, that obviously there's a connection there between Dorinda and not allowing anyone to go near their reality of what Dorinda is like, drunk or sober, drunk Mm -hmm. or not drinking. And then I think about Shannon and it's like, this is, you know, the, the conversation is complicated to have because when is Shannon not having some sort of crisis? We talk about fun Shan. The use of fun Shan is literal. She's a, she can be a delight, really funny, really bright, lovely. She's she's really smart, really quick. Um, laughs her own jokes, my favorite quality, one of my favorite qualities of many qualities that I love about her. And also there are complicated aspects of Shannon. And the through line for me is less so about the actual denial of drinking than the refusal to understand that people want to more fully talk about what's going on Mm -hmm. like it's not to say it's all or nothing um but it is to say that there's something here that we need to talk about and alcohol for some people can be (sighs) addiction is incredibly complicated over any number of areas and aspects but 
you know, for someone that is dealing with addiction, that is sort of like the readying force. So, and it doesn't have to be addiction. It can be anything that a person is using to treat something going on in their life. And that treatment could be waking up in the morning. It could also be, I'm going through this difficult moment and this is the thing that I rely on. The difficulty in discussing this is if we're not even really talking about what she is dealing with, she's denying the reality of what her relationship with John looks like. How the fuck are we going to be able to talk about the drinking that she may or may not do to calm and regulate herself when she's dealing with a lot of stress? Yeah, the earlier this season on OC, the the moment of the forgotten phone call revelation where, you know. Oh my God. One of the most iconic moments of late. Emily, (laughs) the pause with Emily, unbelievable cinema. Unbelievable. Emily putting two and two together in that moment that Shannon is mad at her because she does not remember things that she has directly called her and told her about. And seemingly that this has happened with pretty much everyone in the cast that Shannon drinks at night and then calls people and vents and divulges and whatever. Mm -hmm. And that naturally when everyone in the group knows that they have this dynamic with Shannon, people are going to talk about it and, you know, I don't know, compare notes and, you know, figure out, you know, our mutual friend has exhibited similar behavior to both of us. Clearly something is going on. Let's, can we figure out what that is? It's really tough to have any kind of meaningful conversation about like the, you know, the actual information that's being talked about when you can't even agree on, am I supposed to know this information? Do you know that I know this information? Is it information? Do you know that I got the information directly from you and not because Heather was running her mouth? Because that changes things. I mean, Shannon has spent so much of this season angry at people for discussing information that she herself has discussed but it's like i mean sure you could say that if you tell heather something and you tell emily something they shouldn't ever talk about it and they shouldn't know that they both know this thing unless you give them permission to but that's not really how people work and if it's a if it's like a widely understood thing that shannon is you know calling people and talking about this stuff it's like there's a bigger problem. I mean, the the problem isn't the information. It's, or I mean, I don't know. But it's like, yeah, it, it just makes it feel like we're kind of wasting our time focusing on something that is, at the end of the day, kind of a moot point. The problem is not... Um trying to figure out uh, what this massive game of telephone is. The problem is that it is not a game of telephone in that people are parroting back information and magnifying it as one person tells another. It's a game of telephone between Shannon and one other person. And ultimately, the game of telephone she doesn't want us to believe is the one between Shannon and herself. It's Shannon's telephone. (laughs) It's like she could tell people, keep this in the vault, don't discuss it on camera, and then can deal with the consequences of whether or not they you know, decide to follow along. But if you are denying the reality of the vault itself, then we're going to have an issue regardless of whether or not someone has like misplaced the key. Like it's 
complicated because Shannon is complicated. And, you know, I was texting with a couple people, a couple people this morning, and I'm apologies because I forget who said this, but John came up in conversation because he comes up in conversation when talking about Shannon of late. There is something about their relationship that is triggering for Shannon. And, you know, Emily talked about it with the ways that Shannon's um, concern about how she would look in her bathing suit on camera, how much of that can be attributed to her <clears throat> partner, boyfriend, whatever you want to fucking call him, piece of shit, you know, body and fat shaming her. So that that's something there to unpack too. But person I was texting with, um, was it Archie? I forget, um, said, you know, essentially she and John are drinking buddies. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, I if I was Shannon in Shannon's position, knowing what Shannon likes to do in her free time, would I want to let go of uh, a relationship with someone who probably also has a vested interest in normalizing however much potential alcohol and whatever else they consume? Yeah, I would probably want to maintain that as closest as I can to normal so that no other flags are raised. Well, also, I think, I mean, this is something we've seen, you know, across shows and also in the real world. It's hard to find somebody that you... Connect just with. like can hang out with yeah. and have a good time or at least have a baseline mm-hmm. time with. And I think with Shannon, I I am it seems like maybe she and John are in at least a better place where she's not expecting something that is she's never gonna get from him. But like, you know, if if you know that you have somebody who you can, you know, spend a Saturday night with and have a few drinks and you know, maybe fool around with if that's like, I don't know what their vibe is at this point. But like companionship, it's kind of a friend, even if it's like friends with benefits, it's like, yeah, it's nice to have somebody on the Mm -hmm. roster. And I think I think people are very um, there's a lot of scrutiny about like, well, you said that you and John broke up. So why are you seeing each other? And it's like, it doesn't really matter, except if John is some sort of conduit for harmful behavior for Shannon. Obviously, that's something to take a look at. But, you know, we don't quite know because as much as we've talked about, you know, things coming out of the vault or whatever on this season, we haven't, no, like, sensitive information has made its way on camera. There's been a lot of talk about things that Shannon has said, but, like, nobody's actually thrown out there any, like, damning rumor or piece of information or item it's like very i don't know to me it's kind of like what are we talking about well heather and emily listed it i mean it's like the body shaming the he's only there with her because of her money he doesn't want to spend the night with her he doesn't want to commit he's emotionally uninvested he's not available for her like there is right but to to me like we haven't seen examples of it in in their very isolated sort of smaller moments that we've seen in the scenes that shannon and john have filmed yeah i think to me it's like shannon keeps being like well when you say these dark secrets it makes it seem like there's something terrible and like i mean yeah like there's been stuff that they've said that's unflattering or not a great look but like it's kind of like okay like if shannon's good with it shannon's good with it so I, I don't know. It's it's tough because it just it doesn't feel like we're really getting like the full uh, the full picture. Yeah. And and I don't know, because at this point, it's like you're troubleshooting. She's obviously has legal complications involved, possibly other complications involved. 
now is probably not the time for Shannon to have that come to Jesus moment with herself, except one could argue that any time is the right time to have that come to Jesus conversation with herself. And can Shannon have a companion without commitment? Absolutely. If she wants to fucking, I want Shannon to get fucked if Shannon wants to get fucked. So like, if, you know, he's given her that good... (laughs) can't pretend to even say that. <laughs> Who am I? What is happening? Um, if if they are, if Shannon feels fulfilled in any way, emotionally or otherwise, because I do think there is an absolute emotional component, you know, more power to you. My concern is that this person has made it abundantly clear what valuing Shannon looks like. I don't think that's healthy. So to go back an additional step and say, not only are you not going to give me what I want in terms of a long-term commitment, I'm okay with that. And also you continue to treat me like shit. So now I'm both not getting the long-time commitment that I said I was interested in. Maybe she no longer is, but I doubt it. And also, you know, it's like he doesn't even care enough potentially to treat her like shit, which is a very subversive thing to say that mm-hmm. like there's a level of sarcasm in that comment. It's just to say that, you know, he doesn't seem great for Shannon. Also, Shannon at times doesn't seem great for Shannon. And however she wants to address potentially or not her coping, you know, it only takes one bad decision one night to make a big fucking dent in her life and somebody's, you know, garage. So it's something that she might want to look at, but I don't know how you do that if you are Shannon. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start with another season of Real Housewives of Orange County. <laughs> it's, it is one of those things that like Shannon has been at the center for so much. So you can't have the conversation of like, you know, who's going to be back on Orange County next season? I would assume everybody is as they all deserve to be. And I don't know how they're going to pick this the fuck up. And also, I really genuinely don't know. It's not. There's a lot of stuff here. Um, I will once again include in the link to show notes, a link to Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Um, I just, Shannon, it's like the the, the bar for Shannon, Shannon's normalization barometer mm. is so shaky emotionally at all times. And it's like how much of these outside influences at a certain point Things are going to happen to you. People might treat you poorly. People she hasn't even met yet. <laughs> Looking forward to seasons to come. Like, But your processing of it, if it's always consistently, you're feeling emotional in a way. And I, I don't know, emotionally dysregulated. Like if you're feeling something, if we can pinpoint the ways that Shannon has seemed upset and maybe out of control in her life, which might have nothing to do with drinking or anything else. And it's always from other outside circumstances, but she seems to be responding in a consistent, similar way that's not helpful for her. Mm -hmm. That's tough. Can I just say, Gina? Oh, my God. You know, I know you've watched some Survivor. I've watched many seasons of Survivor out of order, and I don't remember any of them. You know how sometimes on Survivor they'll do a challenge where it's like that you have to put your hands on a piece of, on a a pole or something. Oh my God. And it lasts for six hours. The only challenge is be the last person to let go of the pole. Only challenge, but it's like the most extreme right. it's core like strength. Willpower, yeah, core it's strength. Nuts. Gina Kirschenheider. If that pole is a spot on this cast, she is not fucking letting go. She's going to get that immunity necklace and she's going to make it to next season. And I think that is beautiful. I 
People have had a lot of feelings about Gina over the years, myself included. Mm. I've, I, a few years ago, went through something of a, a Gina sense. Um, and I, you know, for the most part, the last couple of seasons have really enjoyed her on the show. I think she, um, she's not my one of my favorite housewives, but I think she plays an important role, and I, I just get a kick out of her. And, you know, you, you can knock Gina down nine times, and she's gonna get up ten. Well, couldn't you say the same about my and I totally agree, by the way, but couldn't you say the same about my poor sweet Shan? Oh, of course. I think I mean, Shannon, all credit to her for somebody who has rarely had, you know, truly positive moments on the show. She has she is a veteran. If she sticks around to next season, I believe she'll be in the 10 season club. Oh, my God. Um, She I mean, Shannon at this point is one of the the core you know centerpieces of this franchise i think the thing with gina though is that it feels like a little bit more of a a high wire act where every season it's like oh she's still around oh she's still around right oh she gets one more and i think you know when gina and emily were brought on after the first couple of years it was like these two we're we're keeping these two. Right. We're doing any kind of cast shakeup, and we're keeping these two. And now, I mean, like, I think, I mean, I think Emily is a little bit of a separate case because I think Emily has really had a housewives glow up, and mm-hmm. I think people, for the most part, really like her now. Mm-hmm. Gina, though, is still super polarizing, and I a lot of people just don't care for her at all. But it's like she's not letting go of that fucking pole. Why do you think that she has remained so? Um triggering it remained to be such a divisive almost triggering uh figure for people i don't really know i mean i think part of it there has always been a little bit of an undercurrent of she's not rich enough to be here which i think in terms of the larger world of housewives is like not really that valid of a complaint i think we've seen lots of people in lots of different financial situations and i think gina seems to be um you know doing fine and i think it's much more interesting to watch people with personalities and you know real lives than like a rich person in a castle whatever uh but i think with gina like there also just is this sense that she's never really like she's never really like stood up and like taken the spotlight in a way there are a lot of housewives who once you've been on the show for four or five seasons you maybe have a season or two where you're kind of more in the middle of it all and i don't think gina has ever really had that moment i think there have been individual you know conflicts or scenes or moments or whatever where she's had uh, played a major role but it's never felt like gina is kind of one of the like if there's two or three pillars of OC, I don't think she's ever really like snatched one of those spots. But some sometimes you don't need to. I mean, the interesting thing with Gina, sometimes being the fourth best person on the cast is enough. It's you're totally right, and that's the interesting thing I think about Gina because like often there's a conversation about alpha versus beta housewives, but the peculiarity or specialty of Gina is that she's not a beta housewife. She's just not a center housewife but there there should be side housewives well yeah i mean if you're if you're looking to fill out a cast of six or seven you need six or seven and a couple of those need to be kind of utility players for 
you know, to use a whatever. But I think also when you look at this franchise, the amount of turnover that there's been and the amount of kind of tumult mm-hmm. since Emily and Gina joined in season 13, we we lost Vicky and Tamara the first time. We had the the COVID year and the Kelly Dodd fiasco and Bronwyn came and went and Elizabeth Vargas, wherever she is now. And we've had, you know, last season we had Jen and Noella who both ended up being single season housewives. There really has been a lot of, a lot of uncertainty. And I think that Gina and Emily have always done kind of just enough to be a better alternative than like more uncertainty. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's sometimes that's enough. That's really important. And I think there are, you know, we've seen all of the long running franchises go through these kind of rebuilding years or kind of, you know, questionable phases. And I think there is really something important about those housewives who might not be the most iconic or might not be, you know, the fan favorites of all time, but that they bring enough to the group dynamic that everything kind of hangs together enough to make it through. And I think this season in a lot of ways is sort of feels like Gina and Emily's reward for weathering those storms that it's like you made it back to Heather and Tamra and Vicky's in the mix and Taylor's crushing it. And we finally found you a good newbie with Jen who's Mm -hmm. like fits in the group, but also has this personal storyline. And like, now you're just on like a, a solid season of housewives and like, congrats five, five years later, we finally did it. Yeah, I mean, it's all great points. And it's it is an interesting. I mean, Gina, first off, has not the most important part of this, but has never looked better. I couldn't I was very distracted on the vacay episodes because I'm like, what what's happening here? Her glam is great. Hair is great. Clothing is great. She just looks put together in a way that more put together um, and potentially associated to that or not more fully confident in herself because like there's the potential to be reactionary, right? And expressive slash ex- explosive. But I feel like Gina's getting closer to connecting to her core in a way that I don't know that we've seen before. I also thought on the the most recent episode of OC, when she... Of OC, we're talking about OC. Um, l- on last week's episode, when she kind of stepped up to give Jen a talking to and basically be like, look, like you really are going to take that from Vicky Mm. who you don't even fucking know. And you know, Tamara's coming at your shit again and like say something. Mm -hmm. And I think that was clearly an important thing for Jen to hear in that moment because Jen has been on the receiving end of so much scrutiny and, you know, rumors and all of that this season. And I think for Jen, I've really enjoyed her on this season and I think she's had a great first season. Yeah. But I think it was important for her to have that moment of like, can you guys stop it? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, hello, I don't know you. I literally don't know you. And I love the moment when the moment when she mentioned to Vicky, she's like, she's like, yeah, so like, I mean, you haven't been here the whole time. So there's been a lot. And Vicky's like, oh, yeah. Uh, fired i got fired thank you <laughs> it's like for Vic- vicky like misinterpreting that comment in the that. moment that it's like it. that it's like jen pedronti is like she's not 
out here talking about your role on the show. She's talking about literally you have not been in attendance at the events where I was getting dragged to hell and back. So then now for you to make a flippant comment and misunderstand how truth or dare works to, <laughs> to be like, well, we both were in shitty relationships. Oh, wait, sorry. You still are. It's like, yeah, that's the kind of thing where I'm like, yeah, Jen buck up and say it. And I'm glad she did. And I'm glad that I think that was a moment where we always praise Tamara for how well she works the housewives game. Yeah, I think that was a moment where Gina kind of saw the opening to be like, you know, Tamara and I haven't been on the best terms this whole season, or at least parts of it. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm going to kind of go over to team Jen and give her a little boost. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a really because it we would Jen wouldn't have given us that moment without Gina's encouragement. Probably. So I I think the mechanics are really working beautifully right now. And I'm so excited to see their reunion. I I imagine it's going to be really entertaining. Um, I think, I mean, also just like, I can't say enough good things about Taylor as an Orange County. Really? Housewife. I, I just think it... It makes so much sense. It It feels so correct. So correct. And like, it just feels like she's like in the group. Yeah, it does. Right away. You're right. Within a few episodes, it was like, yeah, she just like is in the group. And I think what you were saying earlier when we were talking about Vicky to bring it back about how you can do great work as a friend and it's not necessarily a negative thing. It's like, I mean, I'm sure Taylor would love to have an orange. That conversation will happen after this season, whether or not it happens. But like Taylor has been incredibly active this Mm -hmm. season. She's been on both of the trips, I believe. She's, you know, we've seen her house. We've seen her husband. We've had scenes with her one-on-one. Like Taylor has been contributing to this season pretty much as much as anyone and like she's doing such a great job and I other than girls trip the fact that it's been 10-ish years since we saw her on housewives it's like this is I'm so glad that we are getting this version of Taylor because I think it's I I really really am enjoying it also you know our first real reintroduction to Taylor now was on girls trip which is in and of itself a chaotic and and certainly on her season um at Durinda County um it, it can be a really dramatic and sort of yeah. upsetting complicated kind of wild fucking ra- what did Andy call it he called it like dark something or other I don't, <laughs> I don't remember uh, but it was like a wild and twisting kind of yeah turn. well and I think with that season I'm sure you and I talked about it back when it was happening over a year ago so mm-hmm. I don't remember but like Taylor going into the season was kind of the most random person on the cast, seemingly. Like, we hadn't really seen her in a long time. She hadn't been active, really, on social media or kind of in the, you know, greater Bravo universe. And so we didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And she was, like, a pleasure to have in class. You know, she did a great job on Girls Trip. She was – she made – genuine friendships it seems i think she really gets along well with phaedra she obviously bonded with tamra i think she you know she just seemed to have a great time yeah and i love that i mean her her first go round on housewives was so dark and had so much pain attached to it that i really love i just love this for her like i yeah. i love that I love that we're getting to see it, but I also just love seeing her in 
such a good place. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, the longer you stay on Housewives, the more question marks there are going to be. And so, you know, in terms of sticking around and maybe being full time, obviously, that might be something that she takes into consideration. But like, at least for this season, it's just like, God, it just feels good. Just feels good. Your face is brightened. I really like Taylor. I really like Taylor. Taylor. I love to see it. I mean, that's... her short hair also. Oh my god! Her short hair. Cutting that fucking so like good curtain of extensions oh was the best thing god. she ever did. Truly, a bob or lob or whatever you call it when you have long hair, lob. It just is giving. It. She looks young and fresh, and um, and I love to see it. She looks great. She really does. And I love to her. see like a a pop video of her just fucking sloshed leaving a restaurant or oh something God. getting into an uber i hope um <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> just really? being like it's gonna be the nastiest dream you ever and even on um on watch what happens live tamra was like i don't it's not the nastiest <laughs> it's a- andy was like i mean i think she was a little lit. like it's it's not that bad <laughs> taylor doing her best to market and then she was marketing an awful lot that night um probably starting with uh uber uber pool um <laughs> listen before we transition just any last thoughts where we think of some about new york any last thoughts on all things shan uh i wish her well okay uh yeah, I mean I'm I'm excited to see the end of this season and the reunion. Yeah. I imagine it's not there's not gonna be much info from that. Um but yeah, I mean I I just think the the future is bright for OC and I obviously I hope personally that Shannon is uh has a personally bright future, but yeah. I believe that the show will be uh entertaining either way. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that she is probably feeling a lot of shame and embarrassment. She allegedly has yeah. this broken arm. I do, honestly, though, I do, I don't want to, like, you know, prescribe her anything or, you know, yeah. speak on her behalf. But, like, this could be a moment for her that is sort of a turning point. Absolutely. And kind of a wake-up call, maybe. Right. And we've seen that happen with other, with other reality personalities where they go through something like this. Uh, or you know they do something like this. She didn't go through it, um, but she's going through it. Well, she's going she's going through it, but it's her, her own decision, behavior. right? Um, and you know that that can be a catalyst for positive change. And I, I, it's you know too soon to say if that'll happen for her, but like I would love to see it. I think that's a great point, and I think that's one that's filled with hope. And you can be, um, uh, you can, you know, ask or hope for accountability, or even demand accountability from someone. And it doesn't mean that you have to uh, remove the grace. And I think for Shannon, the timing, timing is everything. The timing of this would be terrible, regardless. But right on the heels of, you know, what Gina's talking about about can you shut the fuck up about my DUI and arrest and you know, coming across as a savior, like, can we just please move on? I think Shannon probably immediately started to think about the ways that she didn't want. And it's so soon after this happened, obviously, but the communication and commitment to friendship in terms of not adding to the angst about this, um, maybe from from this, uh, there could be potentially some sort of bridge to like, you know what, Gina, I didn't totally get it before, but maybe I get it now. And I don't wish for anyone to make the choices that were made in order to have that aha moment. Um, 
And this might have been a one time, it only takes one time, but this might have been a one time terrible decision that she made that she will learn from. I mean, that's ultimately entirely on Shannon. And should this define who she is? No. Should Gina's decisions define who she is? No. Should, I mean, anyone else who's done fucking stupid stuff that can be incredibly dangerous? Like, should that define your life? No. But the problem with this stuff happening in the world of housewives is oftentimes our memory is, um, including our memory of who we think you are or who who we want you assigned to be, are often associated with like the darkest points of a person's life that we remember as a highlight. Mm -hmm. So not that we're celebrating, but that it was a big thing that happened. It's hard to shake that off. You're nodding. That's helpful for an audio podcast. Yeah. Um, I, no, I think that's a good that's a good note to leave it on. And you know, only only time will tell. Only time will tell. And once again, my prayers to um, Archie Bador, who is an empath, and I think he he's feeling it. He's feeling it. You can see it in his eyes. I posted some photos of him, not recent, but um, you know, <laughs> uh, he's a dog. So. <laughs> around my social oh god i love i, I do love okay. a housewives dog you know one he, of my you know he's the love of my life one of my favorite uh recent developments which i think also was revealed last season lisa barlow's dog is named kendall but spelled k-e-n-d-l-e <laughs> <laughs> what does that is she trying to say is it like know. kim zolciak and oh duh like you know you know cat is spelled k-a-t like is she does she think that's candle what is she candling what's the fucking i couldn't tell you it just, it just tickled me k-e-n-d-l-e does she think that's a kindle kendall it's candle. I don't know. It's just I love they always we need to talk about that. We need an investigation. They always give the the pets like the Chiron yeah. on the show and just Kendall. I need a little investigation <laughs> discovery. On... You know, you know the producers like three times are like, Lisa, can you just can you just remind us the name of your dog just to make sure we have it? Can you spell that? <laughs> K E N D L E. <laughs> it's chic, right? Oh, my God. Lisa Varlow giving us everything, including things I didn't know she gave until just well, right now. Yeah, the more you know. Um, speaking of Thing, giving. Things that I waste my life recognizing. <laughs> speaking of giving, let's talk a little bit about New York. Is it giving? Um, it gave us an episode yesterday. And I did say, we knew that we were going to talk about this a little bit today, but I did say I was rewatching the episode when you got here because I was trying to understand. I was almost trying to force myself to have big feelings about the fight at the end of the episode because I saw on social media, a lot of people were like really, really upset and upset elsewhere in the episode. And I get that. And I was just trying to like feel it. I was trying to feel it big. And I, I, the sense of fully with volume associated was difficult. Yeah. I, I mean, personally, I've, I found this to be the weak point of the season so far, this episode. And I, I feel like I've been quite positive about the season overall and about the execution of the reboot and about this cast. And so I don't have any qualms being like, yeah, I didn't think this episode really was giving. Like, I, I, I think it's one of those things where these women are interesting, and like there is 
worth to just watching them exist and talk and share their embarrassing stories. But like, there was nothing in this episode like you were talking about that really raised my pulse or like got me going. And I think even the, you know, obviously it was kind of building to this um, moment at the end where we're talking about the Uba's phone and, you know, Uba getting kind of activated in a way that we haven't seen her prior on the season and, you know, the to be continued of her snatching the sunglasses off of Aaron's face, which has been teased since the season like promo. And like, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with it as like a housewives argument, but there just was no kind of like, oh, shit, it's going down. Like for me, it was kind of just like, okay, you know, if it if it gets really good, that'll be on next week's episode. But like, what was on this week's episode just kind of was like, uh, okay, the phone thing, I, I just don't get it. So I'm like, I'm interested to unpack Uba's reaction, I guess. But like, I in terms of the actual events, I'm kind of like, mm, what's going on? I mean, I was into Uba having a big reaction because I'm into a big reaction. I just wasn't connected as far as like, Aaron, Aaron was pushing the pool. So then Aaron was going to push Uba in a pool, but she couldn't. So then Sai did, but somehow that didn't it doesn't count. count. Which I thought, how could it not count? Then you're then if we're going by the the science of how of prankology. The, for real, then Uba should have an issue with Sai, then Uba should push Sai in the pool. But Sai was acting as the surrogate for Aaron in that moment. So Uba really should take that as the push, which I think she would have and did until she was told otherwise. Like, Erin had her push. She just had it through Sai. She doesn't need to have another one. So, okay. I A couple questions as I was watching this episode. First of all, is pushing someone in the pool a prank? To me, that's not a prank. Yeah, that's a prank. You? Okay. What do you think it is? A fun I think it's hobby? just like a, it's like a, it's like a, a thing. It's like a prank? I don't think it's a prank. Like a prank to me is like, a practical joke, like funny. Well, there's like a there's like a, a a surprise to it, a twist, whatever. Like, I think the twist is your what? I think pushing someone in the pool is pushing someone in the pool. It just doesn't it it doesn't read as a prank to me. I think there has to be like a little more of like a. I think hiding someone's phone is a prank. Yeah. Okay. Hiding it, someone's it, phone is a prank. Is... Pushing someone in the pool is is uh pushing someone in the pool. Right. It's a. <laughs> It's semantics. It's kind of, it, is semantics. It, it doesn't really it matter. Semantics. But uh, either way, so I, I think the thing with also, I never want to be pushed into a pool. You have no idea if I got my hair blown out and my no. clothing and chlorine and jewelry. I never ever want it. Never, not once Which want it. I think I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be laughing. That would be a fucking moment. I think it's I relevant be... to note though that Uba Was, Uba yeah. had clearly accepted her fate. Yes. Prior that it was like, I know before we're leaving this island, yep, my this weave ball. is getting wet. Right. And I think with... She literally said that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That's... that's I, yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't have... Yeah. yeah. So... Over and over again. So the thing with Erin is that it's like, she she didn't want the satisfaction of Uba being wet in the pool. She wanted the like direct personal... Touch? getting her like she needed it to come from her hand she wanted concierge style revenge <laughs> i mean she wanted she wanted to push uba in the pool she just wasn't strong enough like apologies erin but you need to like really grab hold to clothing and do she's so like six in feet way. tall that's all you know 
Sure, but like if you can't handle that angle, that's not on Uba to do. She's not. She doesn't have to walk over and right. herself jump in the pool because you can't get it done. Like, but it, I'm sorry you got pushed into a pool, but if you can't, well, I guess I'm answering my own question. She took the vote, but it was like couldn't. so. It's like Aaron had this kind of vibe of like, no, no, no. I don't care about Uba getting wet. It's like I need to do something to her, like because it is personally. A, what's the word? Prunk. <laughs> But I, yeah, it, I, I just think it's the whole arc of this just kind of fell flat for me that it was like, first of all, I, I mean, like we've established neither of us want to be pushed in a pool, but it's like, I don't care that much. And then watching Aaron like spend a whole day mm-hmm. looking for her, her opportunity. It's like, girl, either do it or don't do it on the beach, do it in the pool, do it in the boat. I don't, it's whatever. And then when we end up doing the phone thing and it's like over the course of from that night into the next day as they're getting ready then they're getting ready to leave it's like enough about the phone it's like i was i was over it from both sides i'm like i don't i didn't care that much about aaron's side of it and then i didn't care that much like i wasn't angry on behalf of uba i got why she was annoyed sure but like it just was the kind of thing where it felt like we were really like trying to make something happen. Okay, here's where I disagree. When I say I it, the idea that it didn't feel like a moment, I don't mean that it didn't feel like a moment. I mean that I didn't have a big reaction to it, but I enjoyed what I saw took place. Noting, by the way, as like a diving safety expert that we don't want to push people in pools. I know of someone who was pushed into a pool at her, I think it was bachelorette and is now paralyzed as a result. So like, don't ever push people into pools or bodies of water. Um, but continuing on from that, um, I, I thought it was like, I mean, I want to see people upset at each other and ignoring each other at breakfast. Like, I do want to see that happen. The phone specifics, I think it just gets to the idea of you took something from me and thought it was funny and I do not. And that's the uh, disagreement. And I think it does matter that it was taken from Uba for like less, allegedly less than an hour, like maybe 45 minutes. I do think that matters. I think Mm -hmm. it matters like how long did you look for the phone? Because it would change my thinking this is a big moment should be explored as a big moment. I feel big things if this had happened like overnight or something. You know right. what I'm saying? She didn't then, wake up in the morning and still not have a phone. Right. Like how long did she spend looking for the phone? I can't believe we're talking about this, but it is in fact very important to me. I think that that does matter. I also think it's like Aaron being like, I was teaching you a lesson because I'm the one that got your phone. It's like, sweetie, no, you didn't. A, a driver or somebody with production noticed Uba didn't have her phone and just handed it to you. It's not like you threw a right. show and then of great friendship. She, she, or she looking saw for an yourself. opening to really do something. Right. I, th- honestly, I think the thing with me is that I fall more on the Bryn side of things here where it's like, you're saying it's a joke, but nothing funny happened. Or like, mm. we keep being like, it's a joke, it's a joke. And it's like... Okay, what's the what's the joke? Mm-hmm. Like I I get what she means by that that she took her phone to be, you know, funny or cheeky or whatever, but it's like I just n- none of it really like did anything for me. No, I get and it. And I think I get it. You know, I I don't expect every show to deliver on every episode, but I think for this one it's just kind of like okay. But there is still stuff in the mid-season trailer that I am excited 
to see. Like some of the drama between, I think, Sai and Aaron, maybe. Oh, yeah. Like there, this, you said <clears throat> something on camera, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And maybe Sai and Bran also. I, I, I'm not sure. Ex- I don't remember all mm-hmm. the specifics because it's like, you know, cut together like 100%. whiplash. But I, I don't mean to suggest that I think this season has like lost all of its no just you didn't feel this episode as much as the momentum others. right i just think this was kind of a blah episode for me and i i i think you know compared to my expectations six months ago this season has had less blah episodes than i was bracing myself for so overall i'm not too upset i just you know i, th- I think this trip so far has not really like popped off in a major way you know what it is for me it's like i actually i I really genuinely enjoyed it i thought it was like a perfectly good episode and it just feels lighter and I, some of that lightness is the application of stakes or even the communication of stakes between the cast members it just feels lighter it feels like there's less weight on some of what's taking place which i don't dislike because there's so much happening on other franchises and the expectation of weight or the gravity of history on Salt Lake City and obviously Orange County is gangbusters right now. Atlanta was a difficult season and a really, I thought, tragic reunion. Really not not good (laughs) at all. And so with New York, I'm like, if this is like light, fresh, je ne sais quoi, I'm into it. I'm into them like going on the boat and like having little bitchy arguments with each other. I'm I'm into um those aspects and like kind of I don't know, you could call it nothing burgers versus um OG New York history of years past, but I think that's why I actually like it because I feel like there's less pressure on the cast or the cast is putting less pressure on themselves or some sort of interaction in an intermediary with production. And I feel like many of us have decided as a collective to put less pressure on huge moments mm-hmm. and really celebrate kind of like the middle of it. So I I enjoyed the trip. Yeah. One thing I think is interesting, actually, when you mentioned Roni past, I've been rewatching season one of Ooh, Roni my and God. recapping it right. as a little like right, 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 mini series right, on right, my right. podcast. So I have like one episode left. I've I've been watching it like week to week, so oh it's my fresh. God. So season one of Roni, the women spend very little time together. It's like th- I've watched six episodes and they've been together as a full group of five twice. Wow. And like in the last in episode six, when they all were together, it was Luann and Alex's, I believe, second time meeting. Mm. Like it's not as if we came upon Roni season one as a group with a fully formed group with all this history and women who were very comfortable around each other. So I think the, it's not that the, that the actual like circumstances are Mm -hmm. that different. It's more that because of what housewives is now, the approach to getting this group of women acclimated to each other is a lot different than it was 15 years ago when in season one of Roni, that wasn't really, it didn't, that didn't seem to be a concern. Like that it was like, we're seeing these people go about their lives and then, yeah, they do meet and hang out. And, you know, there is like a little bit of tension between them. But in this season of Roni, season 14, clearly they placed a lot of emphasis on a lot of group scenes, a lot of 
time together. Of course, there are still solo scenes. We still get glimpses of their lives. But it's like these women who didn't really know each other three months ago when they started filming are spending a lot of time together on camera over the course of the season. And so it is almost more of like we're seeing a lot of like getting to know you. Mm -hmm. Getting to know all about you. Conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a great thing. But also, you know, some of those are more interesting than others. But I don't think that the Roni season one formula would really work in 2023 because I think there would be so much there would be so much pushback on like, why are these people not, why are they not spending time together? Why are we not getting group scenes? Why are we, why are we following Jill around at her, you know, dog's vet appointments? Like, I just think the game has changed so much. And for them to be doing a full new cast in this era, I think it's kind of inevitable that there's going to be a lot of time of like, getting to know each other. Yeah, great points. And also, you know, there was also the impact and uh, beginning of Real Housewives of New York when it was thought of as Manhattan Moms. So I think some of the explanation around production and filming could be because the concept of the show was a quite literal different concept and then it just fit into the Housewives frame. Yeah, and I think, you know, every show back then was its own thing. But like, you know, Orange County the first couple seasons did not super resemble Housewives the way we think of it. And the idea of like group trips and group dinners and throwing these like party events that are really just filming events is something that we have developed over the years. And even if you go back and watch, you know, mid mid range seasons, it's like Housewives has really developed into a very like specific polished product Mm -hmm. that is the formula has changed and has you know been refined a lot over the years and so having a new group of women inherit that formula in 2023 is it just is a lot different than a cast that has kind of grown into it what did you think about the conflict between jessel and essentially aaron and sai with uba acting as a little bit of a conduit, certainly empathizing with Jessel's explanation and position when it came to, are you being honest about About her upbringing? Yeah. And about not just like, are you quote unquote allowed to um, discuss your parents' struggles, identifying as your own from a sort of intergenerational perspective, but also when you talk about struggle, what does struggle mean uh, when it comes to financial support, are you being open enough about the fact that you were staying at your uncle's apartment, for example? Like, are do Sai and Aaron essentially not believing that Jessel was, um, I guess, sharing her own story without attempting to compare it to the yeah. stories of Bryn and Sai? I think I felt for Jessel in that situation just because i think obviously everybody has their own set of circumstances and i i think that there is definitely a certain amount of feeling like you have to have an equal story to somebody else's like when you're sharing something i mean there all the time it's like if you're talking about something and somebody's experiencing loss it feels like you are supposed to 
share something of like equal or, you know, lesser value, you know, whatever. Like, I think that is a natural human feeling of, okay, like we're talking about this, like I have to come up with something worth sharing in this moment. But also I just think people contextualize their own experiences the way that they do mm-hmm. and that obviously not everything is a hundred percent objective and there are you know different ways you can frame experiences but I don't think it whether or not Jessel was being a hundred percent like factually truthful about everything or forthcoming about everything it didn't read to me like she was really like lying or or being like purposefully disingenuous about her upbringing like i think there are probably things where in her mind she's like yeah i wasn't rich like I, people do that all the time where they're like oh well i mean like i had this but like we weren't rich like i i think I don't know. I, I I think we've also seen just like Jessel maybe be like a certain level of detached from from a hundred percent reality, and so in that situation, I was, you know, I, I think there are certain questions that I still have about uh, the exact details, maybe. But I also think it's kind of like, why are we? This doesn't need to be something that we're like harping on. And I think with with, with Aaron and Sai, it felt a little bit like. You got what you're gonna get from her. If you if you want to choose to have to like not believe it, that's your prerogative. But like, is she responsible for you not believing it? Right, and I I mean that's kind of how she reacted. That it's like you asked me, I told you, and you aren't satisfied. Like that's not my fault. And yeah, I mean it's like over the if if Jessel stays on the show for five more years, will we get more color and nuance to certain things about her background? Maybe, but also it's like, if we don't, there are lots of housewives where we don't know exactly, you know, connecting all the dots of how they got their start. And I think, honestly, it's kind of a, it's unusual. And for a lot of the reasons that I was talking about with this new cast and this new, you know, getting to know you phase, like, we usually don't get this much background about most of the people on a cast. And Mm -hmm. so to have like, these really open conversations about this is how I got from point A to point B, it's like, yeah, there are lots of housewives who would have like perhaps questionable framing of 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 how they made it in life. Yeah. And I think, again, like Uba's perspective was really helpful because I think had Jessel just been the one explaining it in confessionals, for example, um, I don't know that it would have more most fully translated for the audience in the way that Uba was talking, including about uh, the experience of Jessel's was it Jessel's parents and some disagreement. I think Aaron or who I don't remember who else it was that seemed to disagree with the idea that Jessel wasn't allowed to claim that as her own personal hardship if it didn't affect her. Versus, listen, you know a person can experience something. And then as a result of that, and as a result of responding to that and dealing with that, have an environment for the kids that sure, was Jessel there when, you know, XYZ happened? No, but did it impact her in some way? It could have. That's a little bit more of like a gray kind of nuanced take that I don't think the ladies were looking to have. Right. Like, I don't think, I don't think Aaron probably has the best understanding of like intergenerational 
drama or. Well, I don't know about that. I think she does. No, I th- I think she has. Ex- I'm sure she has experience with it, but I, yeah. I don't. In that situation, I don't think she was being the most you empathetic. Know, empathetic of potentially Jessel's experience yes, with that. A one hundred percent, and it's certainly not as aware. And sometimes with Jessel, it's like you have to look for stuff in between what she's saying. And I don't know that that is an activity that Aaron would look forward to doing. But I did also appreciate that they had these moments of conflict. And then we're at that dinner and Jessel was like, yeah, everybody saw my tits. And <laughs> and then everybody goes yeah. sharing stories. And then fucking Aaron, who's like all about you didn't tell me enough or you told, told me too much when everyone's sharing experiences and embarrassments of flashing Ray Fines and shitting your pants running at school and Aaron's, you know, insight into that apples to apples is like my child was throwing a tantrum on an airplane. I mean, people are shitting their pants in front of classmates. And we're talking about your kid having a tantrum, which I'm sure happens to many parents. And I'm sure in the moment, it's absolutely embarrassing and possibly like sort of terrifying because you're like on a fucking plane and your kid is screaming and you don't know what to do and maybe they won't stop so like could that be could that produce any number of feelings including extreme embarrassment sure but people are shitting their pants (laughs) ma'am you're losing your shirt or your dress in front of an oscar nominee did he win nominee yeah nominee i'm so sorry no you're good you you were right and i said no i meant to him for not winning i know um (laughs) also jenna mispronounced his name i know she said ralph finds like Three times. I was kind of surprised also. Because she said it in the thing. And then she also said it in confessional. And I'm like, somebody in confessional couldn't have been like, it's Rafe. Yeah, 100%. And also, he's like, my favorite thing about Rafe, among many things, um, is that he is because he's like friends with Andy and somehow in some way gets like a genuine seems to get a real kick out of being on Watch What Happens that he's like sort of delighted by understanding or being forced to understand aspects of housewifery and it made me sad that he doesn't have a he can't have a pajama party where someone's pronouncing his name correctly because he had a pajama party on watch what happens live last time he was there he did the clubhouse playhouse of um lisa's hot mic moment i want to (laughs) say oh my god that hurt me i just it was like the you fucked off of new york (laughs) oh god and i i mean listen a thespian we deserve we literally deserve it was shakespearean in quality it was shakespearean in quality today feels like it was shakespearean in quality it was shakespearean in length baby girl we've we've been at it (laughs) we've been at it we're both exhausted (laughs) i have to tell you i have nothing left to give dylan hafer i'm emotionally depleted i have nothing nothing um listen mention it all sing forever can you tell the ags what you got cooking on mention it all bravo by betches of course of course everything um you can listen to mention it all wherever you get your podcasts uh we do normally three episodes a week right now i'm also recapping roni season one on fridays which is a uh it's been a interesting journey not always it's it's not amazing but um the episodes are the episodes are so you should listen regardless. <laughs> your episodes my are. episodes are <laughs> um episodes. yeah lots of lots of fun stuff come in talked to sweet jackie goldschneider today about her book uh so that's coming out next week um as i'm sure you'll uh you'll hear lots about the book um mm. <laughs> but yeah make sure to also follow bravo by betches on instagram for other stuff 
Incredible. And we do have to, we as a collective here at um, Andy's Girls HQ have to thank Dylan for coming over on literally less than a moment's notice. You you went straight from Mention It All headquarters directly to the office to record this episode. And I can't tell you enough how thankful I am. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, guys, you know what else I'm thankful for? Joining the Andy's Girls Patreon, number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more. There is an hour plus episode up now uh, talking about our introduction and welcoming to Fuckboy Fall, where I discuss the Southern Charm premiere, as well as Lindsay and Carl online statement, Michigas, and of course, Sandoval's quote unquote friendship with Rachel. So, Listen to that episode and follow and support the AG Patreon, uh, which I really appreciate at patreon.com slash Girls. Follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Got some photos up. There's going to be some other stuff cooking, maybe a little bonus drop potentially or two this week. So make sure that you are subscribed to Andy's Girls and you will be the first to listen. And on that note, Dylan Hafer, oh my God, hashtag pray for Shan, hashtag we stand for Shan. Hashtag, hashtag pray for Archie. Hashtag pray for Archie. Hashtag just sweet Archie Bador. Hashtag don't drink and drive. I mean, the story continues. The drama. So much. So much to discuss. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like staring at Dylan with like such dismay as the story <laughs> continues. You I can can't exhale now, you. Sarah. Thank you. Just a couple of chumps minding their business. On that note, thanks so much for listening and we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye bye.